Amanda, remember that time that Britain almost had a Nazi king? Welcome to Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, we're going to talk about King Edward VIII, otherwise known as the Nazi King. Oh boy, can't wait. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it should be. Um, Can I just, I just need to say something. And you're, you are free to edit this out if you want to. Okay. I just want to make something very clear about our podcast. Okay. We are not historians and have never claimed to be. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this is a thing. Like, people are, like, saying, like, clearly they're not historians. It's like, yeah, we've never said that we are. We are not historians. We just like history. We find it interesting. We like talking about it with each other and telling each other about the historical things that we're interested in. So. That's this is just for fun. This yeah. is just fun. We we don't yeah we don't claim to be experts on any of these topics. We just do no. them for the heck of it. Yeah, we so, we just want to we we like learning and we want to share things that we learn with you. That's all. Yeah, that's all. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> can I have? Can, okay, since we're having a weird opener, I'm also going to mention something okay. for folks who listened to our last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have fantastic news. <laughs> I have a, received a Nintendo Switch. You have? She has acquired a Switch. I, I got incredibly lucky at a Walmart while I was doing my <laughs> other grocery shopping. <laughs> I received a text from Amanda yesterday. Uh huh. In all caps. With several exclamation points that said, I got a Switch. If you're confused about what we're talking about, our last episode was all about Nintendo. So go back uh-huh. and listen to that. Um, just And I it talked was really about fun, how but badly I wanted a Switch at the end of it. And then it must have it. been the secret because yeah. I got the Switch. <laughs> Manifested it. Secreted yeah. it out into the world. Anyway, back to your regularly scheduled intro. Let's have a drink update. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm having some red wine today. We're recording on a oh, Friday. Cool. You know, I got off work a little early. It's like, I'll have some red wine. It's very fruity. Mm. Sure, I love it. I'm drinking water. <laughs> I'm having a wonderful time. <laughs> and having a wonderful time. I was out in the sun a lot today, so I, like, need it. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's getting rehydrated today. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so are you ready to talk about Edward? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <sighs> So <laughs> I love when it starts with a big sign. There's a lot. Edward is <laughs> very interesting to me. I've had him on my list of topics for quite a yeah, while. He's been on there for a long time. And actually, this week I was having some trouble getting motivated. We were, we, I don't know what happened this week. We like totally forgot we needed to record a podcast. So the notes were like more last minute than they typically are. And I, I did two other topics. I researched two other topics, one of them for about an hour before I was like, I'm just not feeling it. And then I, was I did like, that last week. And then I was like, oh, Edward. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. So Edward is born on June 23rd, 1894 at White Lodge, Richmond Park in London. And he is born during Queen Victoria's reign. Victoria is Edward's great grandmother. Great. Awesome. Just to give you some... Where we are in history. Context, yeah. 
Um, he's the eldest son of the then Duke and Duchess of York, who later become King George the Fifth uh, and Queen Mary. Um, and at the time of his birth, Edward is third in line for the throne behind his grandfather and his father. Sure. Not a bad place to be. Third well, in line. depending on your outlook, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be third in line for any throne ever. That's fair. But I mean, in terms of being in a royal family. Yeah, I guess. You could take third in line. I guess. I don't know. It still <laughs> seems like a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay, so he is baptized as... <clears throat> <laughs> Set aside three minutes of your time for me to read his full name. Good lord, I'm looking <laughs> at it now. Edward Albert Christian George Andrew Patrick David. Pick one. Pick one. I mean, hey, listen, at least they were all pronounceable for me. And all just like some dudes. They're names. English names, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on July 16th, 1894. And to his close family and friends, they typically refer to him as his last given name, David. Then just name him that. <laughs> well, it's a whole thing. That There was a long list describing why they picked all of these names. And I was like, Seven I do names. not have time. <laughs> I do Seven not have names. time. That's too many. It's far too many. Far too many. I mean, I know where they got Albert and I know where they got George. So that's really sure. like all I need to know. Yeah. And Edward. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> So Edward and his siblings are raised by nannies, as is common at the time. Um, One of his early nannies often abused him Mm. by pinching him right before he was supposed to, like, be presented to his parents, which would then, of course, make him cry. And (laughs) then the Duke and Duchess would just send him away again. (laughs) Because, because he's they, a child. He's crying. They didn't know how to take care of him because they don't really care for children. Because they're not, you know, parents as we think of they're them They're not now. parenting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, they dismissed the nanny because he- Well, good. She mistreated the children pretty- I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. But his parents overall are pretty affectionate towards That's him. Um, particularly, his mother is really affectionate towards the children. You never know. With the royals and the oh. royal family, it's about a 50-50 shot as if they're going to be, like, good and normal people or just, like, the worst towards their children. Yeah, well, I credit it a lot, actually, to Victoria and how she treated her yeah. children. It was big, big, more commonplace to, like, you know, actually maybe spend some time with them. They didn't raise and- them, but, like, they... They were around them more often. We're moving into the time period where, in general, parenthood is more important. So that also has an effect on that. Yeah. Children start to become more important. That's really what it is. (laughs) That John Mulaney bit about kids having rights all of a sudden. I mean, true. (laughs) In this time period, that is fairly accurate. I had history classes that were almost exclusively about that. Yep. (laughs) In college. Um, So in 1901, Queen Victoria dies. And... At the time, Edward's parents leave home to travel throughout the British Empire because they're like the heirs now, right? Right. His dad is now the heir apparent um, because his grandfather is the kid. Whatever. So (laughs) Edward and his siblings remain home with their grandparents, who now that Queen Victoria has died are Queen Alexandra and King Edward VII. Okay. So... After his parents return, Edward is then placed under the care of two men, Frederick Finch and Henry Hansel, who basically bring up him and his brothers for like the rest of their and his sisters for the rest of their childhood. 
Okay. Till they're old enough to be on their own. So are they, they're more like tutors than like nannies? Yeah, basically. Although okay. they mostly do the caretaking. Sure, too. sure. Um, and Edward is tutored pretty much exclusively by um, Hansel until he's 13. Okay. And then he enters the Royal Naval College um, at Osborne in 1907. He studies there for about two years. He does not like it. Sure. This is a theme in Edward's life. He usually does something and does not like it. <laughs> um, thanks, I hate it. Thanks, I hate that's it. His life. That's, that's his life. Fully Edward's tagline. <laughs> thanks, I hate it. Um, and then after that, he joins the Royal Naval Royal Naval College. That is a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. Um, at Dartmouth instead. And the plan was for him to study there for two years and then enter the Royal Navy. Okay. But then in 1910, Edward's grandfather, the king, dies, um, making his father, George V, king of England. Sure. So now he is second directly in line. He is the heir apparent. And cannot be in the Navy because that would not be a good call for your heir. Well, not necessarily. Actually, a lot of um, heirs enlisted in like military style stuff. Yeah, service. I guess. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, now that you think about it. And he does. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um so on May 6th when George becomes king, Edward becomes the Duke of Cornwall and the Duke of Rothsey. I never know how to say that one. <laughs> and then on June 23rd, his 16th birthday, he is made Prince of Wales and Earl of Chester. So now we've talked about Prince of Wales before and I've had some confusion about it, but finally I figured it out. Okay. Sorry if this sounds dumb to everybody, but I <laughs> Man, I just never thought to really look into it. But Prince of Wales is basically a title that can be granted to the heir apparent. It doesn't have to be. And they don't lose their position as heir if they don't get the title. I mean, there's much more that goes into the title than that. But in terms of, like, why do we call, like, the prince, quote unquote, the... The Prince of Wales. The Prince of Wales is because the king and queen can give that title to their heir. What happens to the... the like duke of wales if there or is there ever one like i don't think so huh i don't really know it's, it's not it's not nobody else would have that title yeah nobody else would like be prince of wales and then lose their title when this guy you know what i mean like that's right. not really how that works it's right. reserved for okay this yeah, position yeah, 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 yeah but they don't have to receive it okay sure they can does that make sense yes yeah so that's why sometimes when, like, the first one dies, like, the first son dies, the second son will sometimes get it and sometimes won't because the king and queen don't have to get okay. the title. that makes sense. Do you know sense. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, it's not relevant to Edward's story. I just want, I just. We've, we've talked, talked about, about it before. before yeah. And I finally, like, took the time and, okay. So, <laughs> because he is now Prince of Wales, he's withdrawn from his naval course, like, studies, before his formal graduation, but he does serve as a midshipman for about three months aboard the battleship Hindustan. And then he enters Magdalen College at Oxford. Um, and I liked this quote that says, for which, in the opinion of his biographers, he was underprepared intellectually. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> Roast him. Yeah. So they're like trying to prepare Edward for becoming king someday. Right. Um, and it will become clear so quickly why he is not fit for the role. <laughs> I got to pause for a wine sip for that one. 
P.S. I am wearing a Gryffindor t-shirt while drinking out of a Gryffindor wine glass. Well, I'm so really proud of you. I'm doing great um, in my day today. Uh-huh. I also ordered a s'mores frappuccino this morning, so I'm basically You're living, crushing it on a Friday. living your best life, yeah. Crushing it on a Friday. Okay, <laughs> so Edward leaves Oxford after about eight terms quote without any academic qualifications (laughs) oh my god so he just like does nothing for eight terms he wasn't into school he wasn't into school i wouldn't say that he was unintelligent i just i don't think he was unintelligent i just think he wasn't into school sure well there's lots of people like that yeah (laughs) um so in 1914 of course world war one breaks out ah yes edward is old enough to serve and wants to um but the Secretary of State for War did not think it was a good idea. Sure. Because he could be killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or captured. Heir. He could be captured, which could almost be worse. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because he does have a younger... He has two younger brothers. So, like, they could still have an heir but if he died. But, like, getting him captured is not good. Yeah. Yeah. But Edward does visit the front lines as much as possible, and he's actually awarded the Military Cross in 1916 just for doing that, which is like, okay, we get it, you're privileged and white. Jeez. Um, In 1918, he does take his first military flight, um, and later he gets his pilot's license, which I feel like is like a common thing with like British aristocracy or like uh, noble. do you I think they're just bored and they're like i'm gonna learn how to fly a plane because i'm well, rich and i can maybe i just think that because uh elizabeth's husband did get a pilot's license mostly because he was bored yeah i feel like that's a thing <laughs> i think they so just maybe are it's bored just the two but i feel and like... they're rich and they're they're they have access to planes because they're I rich guess. so might as well learn how to fly one take up some time i guess i mean yeah i, yeah, I guess something to do (laughs) um so this is important um in 1917 george fifth george the fifth actually changes the family name so up until this point the ruling family of britain is the house saxe coburg and gotha which is the name that comes from their german heritage Uh uh-huh but during world war one it's not like a good PR move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so George V changes their family name to Windsor, which he just takes from the name of one of their castles. Like, it's utterly meaningless. But the House Windsor is obviously still on the throne. Like, Elizabeth's right. last name is Windsor. Wild. That he was just like, I need a new name. Hmm. Well, yeah, they Why do not a my lot. favorite castle? <laughs> yeah, I like that one. But it's a, it's a distinctly English name. And it makes yes, him sound more English than German. Yeah. Big theme for Edward. Super into the Germans. We will come back to it. Yeah, I bet. Super soon. <laughs> um, so I just found this interesting and a good insight into Edward's character. So Edward, um, his youngest brother, Prince John, was not well. He had epilepsy. And uh, at the age of 13... In 1919, he dies of an epileptic seizure. Mm. Edward is 11 years older than John. It doesn't really know him very well. <laughs> but this is what he says about John and his death. He sees it as, quote, little more than a regrettable nuisance. Yikes. So, like, I mean, Not I great. get it. You didn't know him very well, but it's also, like, so insensitive. Yeah, that's terrible. And I also read that he, like, 
wrote i can't remember where i read it but he like wrote a letter to his mother just basically being like eh oh well and she obviously got very upset and (laughs) to the point where he felt like he needed to write her an apology where he was like oh i'm sorry good uh, lord you're right it is sad like (laughs) oh no i've offended you it is sad it's so sad your child has died oh like that's how i feel like he came (laughs) off you know what i mean yeah that's terrible anyway so throughout the 1920s, um, Edward actually becomes really, really popular with the public. He travels around um, the empire a lot, and he is handsome, and he's not married, so, like, the ladies are into it, um, which he does take advantage of. Uh-huh. Um, he was, at the height of his popularity, the most photographed celebrity of his time. Huh. And he was very influential on men's fashion. He popularizes the the Windsor knot, which is how we tie a tie. Uh-huh. Now. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, he is interested in science. And in 1926, he becomes president of the British Association for the Advancement of Science when Oxford University hosts that society's, like, annual general meeting. Sure. Um, which is just an interesting fact. Yeah. Um, so like I said, while he was Prince of Wales, he had a lot of tours of the empire. Um, this little tidbit is kind of just for me. Um, <laughs> in 1919, during a tour of Canada, he acquires um, a house there, Beddingfield Ranch in Alberta. And then in 1924, he donates the Prince of Wales trophy to the NHL. <laughs> and That's I, very interesting. I'm a huge hockey nerd, and like I knew the trophy was named after him, but like I just have to talk about the trophy for a minute. So the <gasps> there's there's a parentheses <laughs> in her notes that says insert hockey geek out about what she's going to talk about now. Well, I mean, which I, I find just want to talk about it. Yeah, I find do it. it. Interesting. So the Prince of Wales trophy is awarded to the team that wins the Eastern Conference in the NHL. So during the playoffs, you've got the Eastern Conference side and then the Western Conference side and then the two teams that win those then go on to play for the Stanley Cup. So the team that wins in the Eastern Conference wins the Prince of Wales trophy. And traditionally, it is considered bad luck to touch the trophy. Huh. However, the Pittsburgh Penguins did touch the trophy in the years 2009, 2016, and 2017, and then did go on to win the Stanley Cup in those years. So that's all. <laughs> I do find it really interesting that a trophy donated by um Edward is considered to be bad luck. <laughs> Don't think it has anything to do with him, but like that it just feels like a a karma thing. Like feels a, right. <laughs> feels yeah, right. Like the universe coming together. Oh, that is excellent. Yeah. So that was my hockey geek out for the day. <laughs> um so <sighs> Though he did travel to a lot of different countries, Edward is um super racist. <laughs> um, I did not insert into my notes what he said about Aboriginal Australians because it was so vile to me. Right, 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 right. Um, it was not cute. He, yeah, he fully believed that white people were the superior race, which will come up again in a moment. Uh huh. Shockingly enough, um, <laughs> like, have we alluded to the Nazi thing enough? Um, 
Here's an interesting fact, though. In 1919, he agrees to be president of the organizing committee for the proposed British Empire exhibition at Wembley Park. I'm familiar. He wants a big sports ground there. So basically, he is a huge part in why Wembley Stadium was created. Huh. So that's just another sports fact for you. Yeah, lots of sports history with this man. Uh, I love some sports history. I should do sports history. You should. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I I did a whole episode on video games, so live your truth. Oh my god. Look out for a Liverpool football club episode. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yes. (laughs) Um. So let's talk about Edward's love life. Great. A little. I always love this little section. (laughs) Well, it's super important to Edward's story. It is the most important thing to Edward's story. So, Edward has a lot of affairs. While he is Prince of Wales. Sure. Um, some, I, I, I'm not going to list them all. We're going to talk about the important ones here. In 1918, he has an affair with a married English textile heiress. Okay. Uh, Frida Dudley Ward. Pretty important one. Uh-huh. Um, because it really shows his, what's the word I'm looking for? His um, proclivity? For married women? Is that the right word? I don't know. Ah. He's into married women. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and King George V is very concerned about his behavior. Yeah, I'd say so. And English historian Keith Middlemass, I got this quote from like a source. He was cited as a source for this. Um, where George said, after I am dead, the boy will ruin himself in 12 months. And God Almighty, was he right. And then some. (laughs) King George really preferred his second son, Albert, known as Bertie, and Albert's daughter, Elizabeth, who who becomes Elizabeth II, who he calls Lilibet. So in 1930, Edward is given the lease of Fort Belvedere at Windsor Great Park. And... We'll loop back to the affairs in one second. I wanted to put in this little tidbit that I got from Britannica because I thought it was interesting. He, this is a quote from Britannica directly. He worked arduously in the garden and woodlands, becoming in the 1930s something of an authority on horticulture, especially on the growing of roses. Huh. I just found that interesting. Interesting. So he keeps having a lot of affairs with married women great um including frida dudley ward and someone named lady furnace who is american um and who introduces him to her friend and also american wallace simpson and wallace simpson then becomes one of the most important people in history (laughs) somehow (laughs) somehow some way so simpson has been divorced from her first husband who was a U.S. naval officer in 1927, and she was married when she and Edward met. Okay. Um, but eventually does become divorced from her second husband. Okay. So, I, oh, so I got this from a documentary called Britain's Nazi King. It's believed that she had had an affair with, huh, it's an Italian name, so I might mess it up, Galeazzo Ciano. Okay. Who later becomes the son-in-law of Mussolini. Oh my god! It was rumored that she had become pregnant by him and had an abortion that, like, there was an issue that caused her then to not be able to bear children anymore. 
Oh my God. And Edward was also believed to not be able to bear children because, not bear children, um, to not be able to have children because of like a particularly bad bout of the mumps. Huh. So I just found that interesting about their relationship. Yeah. Um, so Simpson, as you can imagine, is not soups popular with the fam. <laughs> uh, Edward's parents do meet her at Buckingham Palace in 1935, but, they, but later they, like, never, <laughs> they refuse to receive her. Sure. That's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. And their relationship was such a concern because she had, she was so she was still married, and also they knew she was going to be getting a divorce from her then-husband. So basically, a two-time divorcee mm-hmm. is having an affair with the Prince of Wales. And so the police basically ha- keep tabs on them, like, all the time. Oh, interesting. And then... January 20th, 1936, King George V dies. Oh, no. So Edward Unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, in a big way. (laughs) So Edward takes the throne as King Edward VIII. Uh Uh-huh. He watches his own accession from a window of St. James's Place with Simpson. Um, and and then he becomes the first monarch to of the British Empire to fly in an aircraft. Huh, that's interesting. When he flies from Sandringham to London for his huh. accession council. Wait, so his dad had never flown anywhere? Not in an airplane. That's interesting. Well, they were, st- I mean, they weren't like, I wouldn't say they were hugely popular <gasps> modes of travel yet. Right, but like he had flown places, so, you know. Like, Edward had already flown places. Well, he did. He had, in like, military flights, and, like, f- he got a pilot license, sure, so they're, sure, like, sure. those tiny planes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah. So it's not like a commercial aircraft. Right. You know. That's very interesting. So right from the off, there's a lot of friction <laughs> between Edward and the government for sure. a lot of reasons. Um, government ministers are really reluctant to send confidential information to Fort Belvedere, because they know they know Simpson is there. Yeah. And they're afraid that she or other people that they're constantly inviting into their house because they have a lot of parties. Yeah. Um will inadvertently read something that they're not supposed to or maybe purposefully read something they're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and it's already like the politics are so fraught anyway, <sighs> like it's so unstable. This, and this is the the time period where spies like started to be like a thing like Mm -hmm. very 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 popular to have like german and russian spies all up in everything so like that makes a lot of sense to me yeah edward also holds private conversations with the german ambassador which is a political move and he at this point in history the monarch in britain is not meant to be political no so they're really supposed to stay Mostly they're just a figurehead. Yeah, yeah, they're a figurehead. Um, and they do, like, they're kept up on political things. They know what's happening. Uh-huh. They're briefed and stuff. But, like, and there are things that they can and can't do. But, you know, they shouldn't be having private conversations with the German ambassador. No, that's not great. Yeah. So there are big consequences for this. So basically, yeah. he's essentially assuring Germany that Britain isn't going to fight Hitler. 
on whatever it is Hitler wants to do. Oh, no. So, consequentially, is that the right word? Consequently? Consequentially? Consequently. Consequently. I don't know why I can't talk today. That's all My right. brain is mush. Yeah. On March 7th, 1936, Hitler's troops invade and seize the Rhineland, which you might know about because it did, in fact, violate the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. Which said Germany could not enter the Rhineland. Yep. And it basically happens because Hitler knows Britain's not going to interfere. Yikes. Yikes. And that's a big, huge jumping off point for World War II. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> World War II wouldn't have happened in the same way had this not happened first. It probably yeah. would have happened, but, you know, still. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. So he's super pro-German, which is not great. Um, and we will come back to that in a second. Here's another fact that I found interesting. So Edward breaks the tradition that the profile on his portrait that goes onto the coins mm-hmm. should face in the opposite direction of the monarch that succeeded him. Huh. He wanted to face left like his father had done because he wanted to show the part in his hair. What is it? <laughs> What? Why? Who? What? (laughs) And only a few of the coins were made, and they're like super rare, huh? Because they were made as like as like tests to like Uh uh, basically appease him, but say like we're not really doing this. Uh huh. uh -huh. And in fact, when he when his brother takes the throne, which again we'll come back to, his brother faces left under the assumption that the remaining coins that would have been minted would have been minted to the right. Uh Huh. I just found that really interesting. So he just never screwed, he screwed up the whole pattern. No, but but his brother was like, "I'm gonna do it because he was the the monarch that came before me. Uh-huh. I'm gonna do it the way that I'm supposed to do it, whether right. the coins were minted or not." Wow. So he didn't really. He tried to because his brother could have faced right, and it would yeah, that yeah, would have yeah. messed it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, that it's uh, not important. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. So, in August, uh, in September of 1936, Edward and Simpson cruise the Eastern Mediterranean. Sure. And there's video footage of it, you can see, of them. And huh. um, it's really clear by the end of this trip around October that Edward is intent on marrying her. Um, because divorce proceedings between her and her husband are already underway. And he's like... That's the one I'm going to marry. And actually, the United States and the rest of Europe knew all about this. And it was hugely gossiped about. Uh Uh-huh. But not in Britain. Because at the time, reporting on the personal lives of royals was forbidden. Isn't that a wild difference? Isn't that so weird to think about? Because now it's so the opposite. And this is kind of why. Like, they break with that because of this whole gig. Because eventually it gets there and you got to report on it, you know? Uh. So on November 16, 1936, Edward invites the Prime Minister Baldwin to Buckingham Palace to inform him of his intentions to marry Simpson after she gets divorced. Okay. This is a very big problem because uh-huh. remarriage after divorce is strongly opposed by the Church of England and Edward is the head of the Church of England. Oh, this sounds like a little old friend of ours. Well, <laughs> yeah, except he kind of takes the opposite approach. Right, which right, is right. Like, 
Um, so Edward, they fight about this for quite some time until Edward proposes an alternative of a morganic marriage, morganatic marriage. I don't know how to say it, Um, which basically means they would be married, but she would have like no benefits of the marriage, like legally speaking, you know, so she wouldn't like have his money. She um, would not become queen consort. Okay, yeah. Uh, She would have like a lesser uh, title and any children that they may have would not then inherit the throne. That's wild. Yeah. Um, And actually, Churchill at first, who is a politician at this time, he's not prime minister yet. Right. um, Supports the plan because I think he really like I think Churchill very much understood like the threat that this relationship may have proposed. And I think he kind of thought like, let's just appease him. Yeah. Um, but it's rejected by the British cabinet and all the other Dominion governments, which are the governments of all of the countries that are in the British Empire, basically. So, like, Canadian government, the Irish government, they basically all oppose it. Sure. <laughs> there are, like, a couple that are, like, indifferent, but the yeah. rest of them oppose it. Right. So, Edward tells the Prime Minister that he will abdicate if he can't marry Simpson. Wow. So Baldwin basically tells him at this point, like, okay, you you have three choices, right? You can give up the idea uh-huh. and not just not marry this woman. You can marry her anyway, but then, you know, every official in your government is basically going to quit and you're going to have a huge constitutional crisis. Right. Or you can abdicate. Up to you. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people, at the time at least, or, well, a lot of people think, so there are a lot of FBI files on Edward and Simpson, which we'll kind of loop back to, we'll touch on it again later, but you can access them through the Freedom of Information Act. Right. And they heavily imply that the relationship between Simpson and Edward is a super convenient smokescreen to get Edward off the throne because everybody knew how pro-German he was. Right. So whether that's true or not, I mean, I guess it was convenient. I mean, it it makes sense. <laughs> but he was going to do it whether he was pro-German or not. So, right. you know. But I think that that theory is saying the push yeah. for the abdication was a convenient well, way to get his pro-German self off of the throne. I don't even know that it's necessarily a push. It's just like, oh, we have a pro-German king. And, oh, look, he he's probably going to abdicate. Okay. Uh, maybe we just let him. We could just let him do it. Yeah. So he's decided he's going to abdicate. Uh, Wallace Simpson flees to France. And on... De- <laughs> And on December 10th, 1936, Edward signs the instruments of abdication at Fort Belvedere with his brothers present. Okay. And then on December 11th, 1936, Edward addresses the public via radio broadcast. And he famously says, this is a quote. Uh Uh-huh. I have found it impossible to carry the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge my duties as king as I would wish to do without the help and support of the woman I love. Except he says it like, of the woman I love. (laughs) You can listen to it. And the voice, I'm so sorry. You know how all the broadcasts at that time kind of sound like, especially the British ones, like, 
<laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. the the accent is very like because they're very posh. The accent, yeah, like, yeah. And my to my loyal subject. It's like a yeah. very specific accent, and just yeah. listening to him, it, I I don't know why it makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the following day, Edward leaves for Austria, which I have spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not able to join Simpson um, in France until after her divorce is official, which is several months later. Okay, but he does eventually. Um, and then, of course, Edward's brother, Albert, Bertie, favorite of the previous king, mm-hmm. succeeds to the throne as King George VI, um, which makes Princess Elizabeth the heir presumptive. And she oh is now the queen. Yes, she is. And has she been was, for isn't a it long so, time. Isn't it so interesting to think about the fact that she was never supposed to become queen, really? Yeah. No, she she was not... And he wasn't even really supposed to become king either. He for, wasn't. Uh, he for, was not yeah. supposed to become king. So because the presumption yeah. was that that Edward would marry someone and have children. Because mm-hmm. you know he he might not have been able to, but they didn't know that for sure. Right. You know, and we still don't know that for sure. So it's just so interesting. She's been on the throne longer than any British monarch, and she was never supposed to be queen. That's so interesting. Ain't that the way? Uh huh. I mean, hello. Before her, it was Queen Victoria. She wasn't supposed to be queen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wild. Yeah. So, Edward has abdicated, but he's still a royal, so he needs a title. Mm -hmm. So, George VI gives Edward the title the Duke of Windsor um, with the style of Royal Highness. So, that's how people are supposed to address him. They address him as Royal Highness. Okay, sure. However, Simpson, um, when they do marry is not given the style of royal highness. Well, and that I mean, creates a lot of tension. Well, it's like to me it's like how uh we still call Obama Mr. President even though he's not president anymore. But we don't call Michelle the first lady. Well, or, we kind of well, do. We do, but I mean like calling him royal highness cuz he used to be king, but she was never queen. So you Right. Win. No, she like, wasn't. We do well, call Michelle he... Obama the first lady because she was the first lady, but like But he could have. He could have allowed her to be called royal highness. But yeah. Yeah. But that that in my brain, I guess that's I like guess, that yeah. makes sense to me. Um so George's decision to not to give him um a duke, uh the title of duke means that he can't means that Edward cannot stand for election to the British House of Commons. Sure, sure Nor sure. can he speak on political subjects in the House of Lords. Smart, so he, smart, he, smart, yeah, smart. So he's basically <laughs> saying, like, stay out of it. Yeah, that's a good call. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> so on June 3rd, 1937, Edward and Wallace marry in a private ceremony at Chateau de Cannes. De Cannes? Uh, my French is bad. Uh, near Tours, France. Um, so Wallace changes her name back to her maiden name, Wallace Warfield. Um, and then members of the royal family are forbidden to attend the ceremony. Sure. And in fact, it's performed by someone who's like a local clergy because the Church of England won't sanction the marriage. Yeah. 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 Obviously. All of that makes sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. So like we said, the government does not allow um, Wallace to have the title of Royal Highness, which makes Edward very upset. It causes a lot of tension with the family. I mean, um, she was never queen. I really understand. I really understand. It's not that. about her being queen. It's about her being his wife. I know. In his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
never mind. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't be called highness had the, were they king and queen. They would be called majesty. That's true. Yeah. So it doesn't. That's not really relevant. Yeah. Whether she was queen or not. Like if if he had married her because both of her husbands died instead of her being divorced, like that's uh-huh. a different story. Yeah. It was like it was on principle. They didn't yeah, want yeah, her yeah, to yeah, be yeah. called that. Gotcha. Um, George the Sixth personally pays Edward's allowance. And Edward frequently misrepresents how much money they need. Sure. Because actually, he has gained a lot of wealth from his time as Prince of Wales. So he has money. But he's constantly calling He's just like George. stealing from the royal family. I mean, well, not stealing. From George. Like, yeah. Not yeah. even the royal family. It's like George's personal money. Because the government pays for the royal family. Right. So he would call him all the time. And not only complain about his allowance, but com- repeatedly demand that the Duchess be called Royal Highness until eventually the king t- says, stop putting the calls through. That's what I was going to say. I would just stop yeah. answering the phone. Yeah. Well, he wanted to, he wanted to like have his brother still be like part Connected. of the family. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. So Edward is essentially exiled in France. Oh my God, we've been recording for so long and there's still so much to talk about. <laughs> I'm trying to get through it. So Edward is essentially exiled in France. And assumes that he'll be allowed to come back to Britain after a couple of years. But King George is like, "Mm, I will cut you off if you come back without an invitation. (laughs) Because not only does King George's wife really not want Edward around, but neither does their mother. The Queen Mother, which is the title that she takes on after her son becomes queen, is so opposed to Wallace. Um, And she, they have a lot of problems throughout their lives. Because of it. Um, the two of them. So, in June of 1937, at a party. I also got this from the Britain's uh, Nazi King documentary, which I recommend. It's really interesting. Um, an American diplomat confides in Edward that the Americans have cracked the Italian's code. Edward gets a little tipsy and gives that information to an Italian diplomat. Oh. My. God. So this is where we start. This is where we start to have like very real problems with Edward and his relationship to the Germans, etc., etc. Ugh. So the Germans know that Edward is very pro-German, pro-Nazi. In fact, he um, Hitler is hyper aware of this. Right. Um. So in October 1937. Edward and Wallace visit Nazi Germany against the advice of Churchill and meet Hitler at Berghof. Oh, God. During the visit, the Duke gives full Nazi salutes. Oh, this is the worst. And he is fawned on by Nazi leaders. Like, royal treatment. Oh, it's bad. It's just bad. (laughs) Yeah. And it just gets worse. Great. In May of 1939, NBC commissions Edward to do a radio broadcast. And in the broadcast, he appeals for peace with Germany, which obviously makes it appear that he is fully for appeasement, which Britain at this point is absolutely not. Right. And the BBC refuses to air it. Yeah, that's fair, BBC. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So in September of 1939, when World War II breaks out, the Duke and Duchess are, which are now Edward and Wallace. I keep referring to them as different things. What would you prefer, Edward and Wallace or Duke and Duchess? Doesn't matter to me. 
I'm going to try to stick with Duke and Duchess. Okay. Um, so they are brought back to Britain. And the Duke is made um, a major general in the bil- mil- British military mission in France. Yikes. <laughs> and he, well, he's tasked with liaising between the British and the French. And it's kind of a fake job. Sure. Okay. Like Churchill is just trying to keep him busy and he's trying to make sure that like real intelligence doesn't get to him. Because if he's in the system, yeah. there are people around him who can keep an eye on him and make sure he's not getting any information. That's fair, Churchill. <laughs> However, no. in February of 1940, according to the German ambassador at The Hague, the Duke leaks Allied war plans for the defense of Belgium. Oh so this my is, god! This is like... There are letters that I think are part of those FBI documents, if I can remember correctly. I don't remember exactly where they're, like, mentioned in the story. But it basically says, like, so the Germans tried to invade Belgium at one point, right? And they their plane crashed, and there was, like, I don't remember the exact details, but, like, some information that was on the flight was left there. Uh-huh. But possibly burned up. Uh huh. But it turns out the Allies had gotten their hands on that. And that is apparently the information that was leaked that the Allies had the plans. Uh huh. Right? And so instead of like waiting like they were going to, they were able to invade Belgium like more efficiently and strike at exactly the right time before the Allies were ready. Like, oh, it was a whole thing. So, could have been his fault. Now, it's not confirmed. Like, there's no quote of him saying, like, here is what the deal is. But, like, that, the general belief is that that happened because Edward leaked the information. I know he's royal, but some of this is treasonous. (laughs) There is more, queen. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's so much more to go through. I'm so sorry. This is a long episode. But there's a lot, and it's interesting. Yeah. So, in May of 1940... Germany invades the north of France. Mm-hmm. Edward and Wallace, the Duke and Duchess, live in France at uh-huh. this time. And they flee. Sure. They could have gone back to Britain, but instead they go to Biarritz. Wallace, um, up to this point, so the Duchess, has had a really close friendship with a German name I'm probably going to mess up. Joachim von Riventrop. Great who was a foreign minister of Nazi Germany. Okay. They have known each other for a long time. I, there was a lot more history there that I did not go into. Um, so when they arrive in Biarritz, she immediately tells him where they are <laughs> and in so much detail that Berlin Radio is able to announce not only where they're staying, but their room number. <laughs> The Duchess also reaches out to the Gestapo and asks them to request that her maid be sent to collect their belongings from their home in Paris. Shut it down! Like, they are in full, like, she... Shut it down! I am so, I, I cannot explain to you what? how much these two how? were Nazis. Like... I, it's, it's wild! Yeah, they basically had the Gestapo at their service. Oh my god... How? <laughs> yeah. So in June of 1940, Italy joins the fray and declares war on France. 
and the the duke and duchess are forced to flee again and this time instead of going back to britain they go to spain which at this point is a fascist country oh lord (laughs) so hitler is now fully convinced that he can use edward to urge the british people to accept a german occupation and have edward return as their king that is his pl- that is fully Hitler's plan. Oh my god. And there is a full full plot of from the Germans to send paratroopers in to essentially kidnap the duke and duchess cuz really all they need to do is get their hands on them. Yeah. And get them back to England. On like with them right, right, bringing right. them in. The American when they were gonna let him fight in a war because they were afraid he yeah, would get well he ain't fighting taken. he and he wasn't taken he just walked right in that's i the know thing. the germans didn't have to plan to kidnap him he probably would have just walked right in he absolutely would have walked right in this is wild yeah so an american diplomat somehow overhears like talk about um edward like kind of understanding this plan and like kind of being for it and writes back to um roosevelt about it and churchill eventually catches wind of it and orders him orders edward to return to britain or he will face a court court martial because remember he's still technically in their service because he wasn't dismissed yeah so churchill has edward and wallace moved to portugal okay so that he can extract them and get them back to britain because portugal's neutral at the time okay um but when they get to Portugal, they are greeted f- by a friendly smile from Ricardo Silva, who is a fascist Nazi supporter. I and can't. he is the one who puts them up while they're in Portugal. I can't believe this is wild. So meanwhile, Hitler <laughs> Hitler believes that bombing the UK will cause a panic. So this is the this is why the UK was bombed so heavily. Uh-huh. Because he's like, they're gonna panic, they're gonna abandon their leaders and turn to Edward as their <laughs> sovereign. This is so like it is literally every war movie you watch set in the UK during World War II is directly Edward's fault, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And like, that might be simplifying it a little, but truthfully, in my opinion. I don't get the logic. Like, I I don't get why well, Hitler had no logic, yeah, let's be I, honest. I don't get why he's so sure that that's going to be the thing that's going to get because him Because, Amanda, it happened to him. It, he I caused can't. a chaos. The people turned to him. It's just, that's I, what he thinks works. It's wild. So in July of 1940, Edward is made governor of the Bahamas, which is Churchill's next move to to get them out of Portugal and away from Nazi (laughs) Just sort of trying to pluck them. Well, what else are you going to do? What else are you supposed to do? So they're basically exiled to the Bahamas. Okay. Uh, They did not like it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Edward refers to it as a, quote, third-class British colony, which is super charming. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> charming. There are, you can find, like, writings of Wallace Simpson, I'm sorry, Warfield, I'm sorry, Windsor. Um, <laughs> she's technically Windsor now. Yeah. Um, that, um, where she talks about how much she just hated 
being in the Bahamas. Which Good. Is like, let him. And what? I don't Let care. him hate it. He's supposed to serve there for five years, but he resigns his post, post on March 16th, 1945. So we're going to jump back now, though. Okay. So I just, but he did resign the post. Yeah. In December of 1940, while he is in the Bahamas, he gives an interview to an American reporter, um, Fulton Ausler, Ausler, it's hard to pronounce, who is the editor-in-chief of Liberty, Liberty Magazine and is a friend of Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that at this point, the Americans have not yet entered the war. Right. Um, so in the interview, Edward says... And this is a quote, and you can go and read it, because <laughs> this interview is famous and wild. Uh-huh. Hitler is the right and logical leader of the German people. He is a great man. Tell Mr. Roosevelt that if he will make an offer of intervention for peace, that the Duke of Windsor will instantly issue a statement supporting it. Don't care, don't want it, don't need it. Yeah, so the Americans haven't entered the war yet. They're talking about it. But he's trying to say, ask for peace instead. So, in April of 1941, the Duke and Duchess visit Miami, Florida. Okay. And when they are in America, they are put under 24-hour surveillance. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. They they don't eat somewhere without the FBI knowing. The FBI goes through their laundry. Yep. They record yep. their every move. That all tracks to me. And the fear of the Allies, because they're try- the Allies are trying to recruit America, the fear is that... Their Edward and Wallace's behavior is going to jeopardize the Americans entering the war. Right. Um. So the FBI is like on them. Again, you can you can find the file because that through the Freedom of Information Act they are available. You can find them. Um. All the files they kept on them is a lot. Um. Just about like all the parties they had and all the people Uh that they were you know cavorting with or whatever. (laughs) So. The war eventually comes to an end, thankfully, without him causing too much damage, somehow. Somehow. Because um, he, um, I mean, really tried his hardest. <laughs> I know. But after the war, the Duke admits that he was, he admires the Germans, that he's pro-German, but he denied being pro-Nazi, which is like, whatever, how, dog. <laughs> how, you literally were there is video of him being led around by Hitler. Like, yeah. <laughs> how? Um, anyway, I like, people are always like, they were Nazi sympathizers. And I'm like, no queen, they were Nazis. Nazis. Like, there is no Nazi sympathizer. You're either a Nazi or you're not. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but after World War II, Edward and Wallace return to France and they stay in France for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. or at least the rest of his life. I don't remember where she goes. Um, the, the Duke's allowance is supplemented by basically government favors while he's in France. Okay. Um, and the city of Paris provides them with a house um, for a very small rent. The French government exempts him from paying income tax. Good lord. And they're able to buy goods duty-free I, I through d- the British embassy. See, if I was France, I would be like, y'all really made it right. so easy for Germany to invade us, so I would right. like for you to pay the most taxes, please. And then you <laughs> ran away from us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, no. No, no. way. Uh, in 1951, Edward produces a ghost-written memoir called A King's Story. I know nothing about it. I just thought it was interesting. Uh-huh. 
And I, then, would be, I would be interested to read his point of view for the story. I'm sure it's full of ridiculous and terrible logic. No thanks, I'm good. Um, <laughs> and then from then on, they, the Duke and Duchess, basically become celebrities and socialites. They host parties, and um, in June of 1953, that's when Elizabeth II takes the throne. Mm-hmm. Um. Edward and Wallace don't attend. Great, her. don't want him there. <laughs> no, but they, but he, Edward does attend his brother's funeral. I mean, that makes in sense. 1952. Yeah. Um, in 1965, uh, the Duke and Duchess return to London, and they're visited by Elizabeth, um, and some other people. I can't remember. Um, and after that, he he sort of starts attending more things. Like he's at a couple more funerals. He's at the birth of Princess Mary. Like he's at a couple other things. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't know. He should be in jail and not going anywhere. So <laughs> <No>, right, <laughs> seriously. In the 1960s, though, Edward's health really begins to fail. In December of 1964, he undergoes surgery for an aneurysm of the abdominal aorta. Ugh. In February of 1965, he's treated for a detached retina in his left eye. Oh, my gosh. And in 1971, he's diagnosed with throat cancer. Oh. Uh, which ultimately, you know, is the cause of his death. Right. Um, on May 18th, 1972, Queen Elizabeth II visits the Duke and Duchess. She speaks with the Duke for about 15 minutes. And if you watch The Crown, he can barely talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this scene I mean, in The Crown is amazing, by the way. The Netflix show The Crown, watch it. This scene is so good uh, <laughs> where she goes to visit him. Um, but so they have like a she's she's already on like a royal visit. So uh-huh. she's not there with the express purpose of seeing him, but she goes to see him. Uh-huh. And then, of course, they have a photo because they have to take a picture of everywhere the queen goes. And he is too sick to come out for the photo call but um wallace is allowed to be in the photo and she's in it with them wow and 10 days later on may 28th 1972 edward dies at his home in paris less than a month before his 78th birthday wow his body's taken back to britain and it lies in state at saint george's chapel at windsor castle um And then the funeral takes place at the chapel on June 5th. The queen is there, and so is the rest of the royal family. And so is the duchess, of course, Mm because, you know, you can't keep her away from that. Um, And she actually stays at Buckingham Palace during this time. Huh. Um, And then he's buried at the royal burial ground behind the royal mausoleum of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. And then Wallace lives for quite a while after, and she dies in... 1986 at the age of 90 wow um she she's really frail and she's had dementia for a while up to that sure. point uh, but she is buried alongside edward wow so it was a lot of that information was a wild tale there was a lot i left out <laughs> i really I, recommend watching documentaries about this yeah they're really interesting i just like cannot believe they I know. got away with as much as they did because they were royals. Yeah. Well, and that they didn't just, like, run away to Germany at that point. Because, like, well, they were really vibing with it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Although it wasn't particularly safe in Germany. Right, I that's say true. That. Um, I yeah. just, like, Man, how? There, how? So much of the 
like so many of the events in World War II were just directly related to him. And I find that so interesting. Yeah. I like, yeah. So much of that stuff would not have happened had he not just been like the worst, the worst. <laughs> well, and you know what? He was always going to sympathize with the Nazis. So in a way, Wallace Simpson kind of saved Britain. Because if not, if he had not she, fallen she for her. She screwed over France, though. <laughs> yes. Well, he screwed over France. Let's be honest. Right, but if she saved Britain and put him in that position, then yeah. she also kind of screwed over France. But, you know, like, what would have happened? Like, because he was still going to be a I pro-Nazi. don't know. He was still going to be a Nazi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now, while it is true that she had a lot of German connections, and that certainly played a role. Uh-huh. He was super pro-German, yeah. and he would have sided with them anyway. So if he hadn't abdicated to be with her... Yeah. Churchill would have had, had some work to do, for well, sure. Well, would Churchill have even been in a position Maybe to do not. the work? Maybe not. It's just so interesting. Yeah. Like, what would have happened? I have a lot of feelings about Edward. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That's... And it gave us Queen Elizabeth, which is so interesting to me, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So, man. Oh, that's all I have. It was great. It was really yeah. interesting. It was a wild, lots of twists and turns. <laughs> Sorry it was kind of a long one, but I really wanted to get as much information in as I could. I, there there absolutely was a lot that I left out. So, I mean, you can you can read about Edward pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you can also find a lot of documentaries online. There was one that used to be on Netflix that was titled like Edward 8. Uh, the Nazi King or something like that. And it's not on Netflix anymore, so I don't know where you would find it, but it was really good. And then, of course, Britain's Nazi King was the one that I watched prior to, like, recording this, and it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. So lots of really good options, and I recommend further research if you're interested. Nice. Oh, my gosh. That was such a long one. I feel really tired. Okay. (laughs) He wore you out. He wore you out. Yeah, he did. Um, If you, listener, enjoyed this episode... Um, great. That's not what I usually say. I got totally lost in my train of thought. If you have other topics that you want us to talk about, or if you have questions or comments or whatever, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at rttpod, and we're also on Facebook. Just look up the name of the podcast. Um, if you want to throw us a rating on Whatever platform it is you use to listen to this podcast, that would be great. Please don't say that we're clearly not historians. We know. Like, I want <laughs> you to be honest. Point. I want you to be honest in your ratings, but, like, we've never claimed to be historians. Yep. yep. So maybe just leave that out. Um, <laughs> but please, please give us a rating and review if you enjoyed the show. Um, and if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at The Real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter nice do you know what you're gonna do next time no no i don't know why i asked no no idea i mean i haven't like you said before we recorded this super late this week because we totally forgot so i haven't thought about it in the slightest so i have woke in the middle of the night freaked (laughs) out that i had forgotten that we needed to record a podcast anyway um all right well we don't know what's (laughs) happening next time but until next time (laughs) remember that time (laughs) 